Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This week on You Should Be Watching, we talk about news about Charlize Theron not playing Furiosa in the next Mad Max prequel, Black Widow will pass the baton from Scarlett Johansson, and we list the best Netflix original shows and movies ever. That's all this week on You Should Be Watching. Hello and welcome to episode 19 of You Should Be Watching. Today I'm joined by Matt Elfring and Ryan Peterson. Hey guys, how's it going? Hello. Hello guys. <laughs> how's everyone? <laughs> doing well, doing well. Um, so we just had a holiday weekend and so some opportunities to get some sunshine, some opportunities to stay inside and watch things. Um, I mostly stayed inside. Uh, how about you guys? Yeah, I stayed inside as well. It's a little bit hot down here. Uh, the puppy's still running around. We got a little little dog park action, but mainly just staying inside and a little bit of barbecuing on the patio, though, too. So nice, nice weekend. Yeah. Matt, how was your weekend? The sun in Wisconsin, where I was over the weekend, is a flaming nightmare. <laughs> I am burned. And I also spent all day Friday covering Funimation Con indoors. So uh, at least I didn't have to be in the sun two days in a row. That's true. At least we don't have to physically go to conventions and walk around show floors. Oh, that was a delight. It was so wonderful to be like, I'm going to go to a convention and like, I'm in my underwear. No one cares. <laughs> Play the virtual. It was awesome. I really like how they set that up. Nice. So, uh, yeah, was it a good experience? It was like their first one. Um, I haven't actually experienced any of their panels. What was it like? Uh, So there was two rooms to choose from where there was a chat going on and uh, they just had videos playing uh, some panels talking to people about, you know, what's coming up on Funimation. Uh, There was a panel on how to sew your own mask. So there was like useful stuff there and lots of video. Like there's a lot going on. There was cosplay quote unquote meetups, which were just a gallery of people taking pictures of themselves. But I mean, it for the situation that we are in, this is the best case solution. And I thought it was a delight. Great. Good to hear. All right. Well, on to the first question that we always have on every episode. It's what's on your TV. So Ryan, let's start with you. Uh, what have you been watching? Uh, yeah, I, I've the last few weeks have been uh Sharon that I've been watching Hannibal um, and I told you last week that it's it's kind of sometimes it's a hard watch you know with a lot of stuff going on yeah it's it's not it's not a binge like you don't just yeah. sit there day to day and watch just Hannibal. right you need no breaks. totally so I, I've I've um, I've slowed down a little bit I'm still about halfway through season one um, all three seasons are on Netflix so I have a lot to get get to still I'm enjoying it um, I've also you know started playing uh, The Last of Us 2 which is <laughs> as dark as Hannibal so I don't know what I'm what I'm doing right now but I, I was just obsessed with the game and literally spent all weekend until I beat it late last night oh so you beat it yeah no spoilers great game mm-hmm. that's been the most um watch time on my on my tv but also to break it up you know I had some family over and we we wanted to barbecue a little bit and uh I went back and watched Ace Ventura the original Ace Ventura, the first one, yeah, and uh, you know, just just get some laughs in there, a little bit of brightness in my in my dark mm-hmm. Hannibal and The Last of Us vibes going on here. 
Does it hold up, do you think? I was dying laughing. Maybe I kind of, my brother-in-law was here as well. We both were just dying laughing. The two guys in the room were just cracking up the whole time. <laughs> um, I mean, there's, I, I think Jim Carrey, like his, his you know, the, the physical humor. Some of the jokes are just re- completely ridiculous and do not fly in 2020, obviously. Yeah. It, it, it was a good, it was a good thing to kind of revisit. Yeah, I think that the physical humor maintains. Just talking out of his butt still hold up? Yes, I, I was, I was dying laughing that part. <laughs> I wonder if that's like a, a nostalgic laugh or or genuine chuckle. I think yeah, I think you're I think you have, you're onto something. I think I think part of it was oh, I remember being an idiot like pre like teenager and laughing at this. Yeah, <laughs> and a part of it is just the absurdity now when I'm looking back at it. But I, I wanted a little Jim Carrey in my life after all this dark uh, you know visuals that I've been going on at, at my house here. He was a master of, of physicality and mm-hmm. and just yeah. like yeah, he's so funny. Um, but I think I feel that way about Billy Madison. It's just like I acknowledge that's not a great film, but I have such a nostalgic piece of like my childhood just laughing at that and watching it all the time. And I know that I probably wouldn't show it to like kids these days, but I just love it because I loved it as a kid and I still think the jokes really hold up. But I think that might be a similar thing to what you're feeling for Ace Ventura. Totally, totally. It was it's pretty funny to see because my my brother in law's wife was also in the room watching with us and she had never seen Ace Ventura. Never seen it at all. Really? And yeah, and her and she's watching it and she's like I kind of like blank stares like, what? Are you guys actually like this stuff? Like, what is wrong with you guys? She was like literally in shock. And I even found that even more funny, to be honest, than the movie, I think. Okay, yeah, that would be pretty funny to me too. But okay, so that she was kind of the barometer for watching it with fresh eyes in 2020. Yeah, it was kind of like I was like half watching the TV, but then half watching her reaction just to see. It, it, she's like judging us the whole time. Like oh, just, absolutely. Yeah, it was it was pretty funny to see someone who's never seen his Ventura <laughs> then watch it 20, whatever, 20, 25 years later. Uh, pretty ridiculous. Oh, that's funny. Matt, what have you been watching? Uh, keeping up with, with Ryan's watching um, very depressing things. I've been rewatching uh, HBO's Oz for the eight millionth time. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, wow. To the point where I told Chris Hayner, I think I'm going to get that Oz tattoo. And he said, no. <laughs> I never finished Oz. I might have, I might need to do this. I might need to go back and watch it. It's it, it jumps the shark like the last few episodes. There's a few jump the shark moments in it. But for those unfamiliar, Oz is essentially the first show that got it, that really drove home the, the episode not episodic storytelling but like a, over a season you'll have a course of a storyline or two seasons and uh it was the precursor to sopranos by like i think two years because one of the actresses on uh is eddie falco on um oz and she jumped ship to go to soprano so she leaves oz i don't know what it is about that show because no one on that show is a good person they're all horrible human beings but i love them <laughs> uh so i think i just finished up season four if you're familiar with the show, Ed BC's Party Room would maybe ring a few bells. It's such a weird, wonderful show. And uh, I think it's a nostalgia thing for me, too, because my wife and I watched that, uh, I think, a couple years after high school. Like, we were dating at that time. So, like, we loved that show. That's when we found... Yeah, we've been together like 22 years, so it's kind of weird. Oh, wow. I feel yeah. super old. <laughs> Aside from Oz, uh, again, HBO Max, I'm just on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air with my son. Yes. How is your son liking it? He likes it. He he's always like Dada more. Really? Like, okay. Like yeah, he likes Fresh Prince, and that's great. He doesn't laugh at the appropriate times <laughs> or ever. <laughs> uh, you're laughing wrong. What are you doing? Yeah, he's like you're laughing at the wrong part. You're supposed to be laughing when Jazz gets thrown out of the house. Uh, 
And the show still like holds up. The lawn. It's a fun sitcom. Yeah, it does. I love it. I, it's one of my favorite sitcoms of all time, to be honest, um, if not my favorite sitcom ever. So, yeah, I've definitely been like watching it just kind of as like comfort food yeah. every now and then, just putting that on whenever I just kind of want to cheer up. It makes you happy in a terrible year. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Chastity, what are you watching? Oh, thanks for You're asking. Welcome. Um, I also have been watching a little bit of HBO Max. I watched Adventure Time Distant Lands, um, BMO. If you're not familiar, you've probably seen Adventure Time before, but uh, they're doing a collection of four separate hour long specials based on Adventure Time. And the first one's called BMO. So it's about BMO. It dropped on the 25th of June and it focuses on Bimo um, traveling through space on a mission to terraform Mars and then he meets this weird eyeball robot that transports him to mm-hmm. an ailing space station where uh, Bimo decides to become a hero and a sheriff and it's really cute. It's super fun. It's good for all ages so kids would love it. Um, I really liked it because I liked Adventure Time and it's got like Randall Park and Stephen Root were guest voices so I recommend it. It's cute. It's only like an hour and it's, it's fun and it calls back to Adventure Time and it has a little uh, tie-in at the end that I won't spoil. So that was fun. And then I also watched the very first time on July 4th, uh, Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle. I'd never seen it. And we were trying to figure out what to watch on the 4th. And that's what we decided on. And I thought it was a pretty good, light-hearted, fun thing to watch. Is that the first or second one? I can't remember. The first one. I've n- I haven't seen the next one. They are one. awesome. Have either of you seen the second one? It's awesome. Yeah, it's just popcorn fun. Like, that's all it is. Yeah. And, I love that. And Kevin Hart doing an impression of Danny Glover like playing the Danny Glover character is kind of my favorite thing in the world. Okay, maybe I will watch the second one then. <laughs> he nails the cadence so well. Uh, yeah, I just really loved how they were embodying these like insecure or overly secure teenagers in the first one. Um, and yeah, Jack Black was really funny the entire time. But yeah, he's he's fantastic. Yeah, love it. So I'm surprised at by how much I liked it. I'm still on, uh, you know, I've seen only the original Jumanji. I mean, I'm. Mm-hmm. Do, do, does it is it worthwhile to just just knock these two out and catch up with yeah. what's going on? I mean, I have a soft spot for any yeah. Kevin Hart and rock rock humor. So I think you'd like it. It's really fun, and it's just kind of like a feel-good, dumb popcorn yeah. flick, as Matt said. Awesome. I, and I was one of those dudes that was like, you don't need to be Ray Jumanji. I wasn't like yelling on Twitter about it, but like in my head, I'm like, this is stupid. <laughs> you don't need to do that. But I love the direction they took it. It's not a reboot. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's it takes place in the Jumanji universe, whatever. but it's just so much fun. And that's all the first movie was, too. It was fun. The Jumanji extended universe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a good time. I, I enjoyed it a lot. So I would say if you've been sleeping on it, check it out for sure. All right, next is This Just In, where we talk about some of the big news coming out in the entertainment world in the last week. So we've got two stories today. The first one is Charlize Theron commenting on not playing Furiosa in the next Mad Max movie. So unfortunately, Charlize Theron is not playing Furiosa in the spinoff for Mad Max Fury Road because it's a prequel. So um, so Miller is starting production in 2021 and has been doing auditions over Skype. One of the people that he's reportedly met with is Anya Taylor-Joy from Split and The Witch. So they asked Charlize Theron um, over at THR about what how she felt about it, and she said, it's a tough one to swallow. I fully respect George, if not more so in the aftermath of making that film with him. He's a master, and I wish him nothing but the best. It's a little heartbreaking for sure. I really love that character. I'm grateful I had a small part in creating her. So, yeah, that's tough. I, I really wanted to see her. I, I don't understand why she couldn't be part of, like, the later part of the film or some kind of mixture, but I guess it's just a straight-up, like, prequel earlier in Furgos's life. How do you guys feel about that? Uh, 
so here's the thing with that with that story. Um, uh, I'm the gentleman that wrote it for GameSpot. Uh, <laughs> one one of the things I found really really interesting within within the interview, because um, I want I'd love to see her play Furiosa again. She's the best part of that original movie, Fury Road. Uh, but she she says that you know within genre films, within action and sci-fi, it's it's less forgiving on women in leading roles. Where if you're in a movie that bombs like Aeon Flux hardcore bond it was a terrible movie mm-hmm. it's less forgiving you can't kind of get back into that genre producers and casting agents and all that aren't as willing to you know pick you up and give you that chance again which i think is bs because if you look two years before aeon flux came out she won an academy award for monster like yeah. theron's got the acting chops you know yeah for sure yeah, she's, she's amazing <laughs> um i under I, I guess i understand why miller wouldn't want to you know put her in the in the next in this furiosa spinoff because it's a prequel they may need somebody younger i guess if you look at the same thing with men though they'll hire a they'll hire the same dude to play himself younger though i don't know it's a weird Mm -hmm. hollywood's weird yeah i i think i would have just preferred to like have her but then flashback and then use the younger actress for all the flashback stuff and then come back and have her again Mm -hmm. at the end but i don't want to like completely cut her out no i'm with you chastity i yeah i I agree as well i thought um and and matt like she was the best part of fury road yeah um i know i i i know that there was some news came out about the making of that how it was kind of difficult um her and um tom hardy had some difficulties on set and their relationship and the making of it but she was incredible in that role and that 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 movie's not the same without her in it and i know that miller said that he didn't want to do what the irishman did using that face tech mm. um because for some Miller's not a big vfx guy in general yeah i respect that he likes to do a lot of the practical stuff and then add it obviously there's a ton of special effects in in uh, fury road but he likes to you know they they do a lot of practical stuff um and he and he he was kind of he thought that the irishman was was great in a technical achievement but it's not quite there and for those of us that have seen it it kind of takes some getting used to when you watch the irishman like it was like yeah maybe in five more years it'll be a little bit better it kind of took me out of that movie so i could only understand like this guy's a perfectionist and he's like a master at his craft so yes if he feels like i mean i hope this is not just an ex, you know not a, like an actual legit reason for him to want to do a prequel and to have another actress fill that role but i feel like the same that you do chastity that they could have had you know some moments of her later in the film or and then the flashbacks just filled in with another actress yeah i mean at, at the same time uh i i really do trust george miller he's a visionary mm-hmm. um yeah. and why not uh i'm, I'm not trying to diss <laughs> charlie's theron at all she's wonderful but why not give another actress you know a chance to kind of get into this genre as well and i really do trust miller on that i do trust miller as well i think Regardless, we will get a good film. If it ever shoots. If it ever shoots. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, who knows? Maybe we'll get, maybe eventually. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm guessing. My, I mean, this is probably going to be a great movie regardless. Um, and I, who knows if there's going to be a, a third one that he does uh, of this new, new, um, you know, spinoff of movies. Um, maybe, maybe we'll get a late, later age uh, uh, Charlie's Theron character. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I would love to see that again because... Um, yeah, she was just such a great part of the first one. Agreed. Bring back the Thunderdome with Furiosa in charge. Yes. Hell yeah. Oh, I love that. More weird cave kids. Let's do it. <laughs> I'm down for that. 
All right, on to the next story, Black Widow. Um, So Black Widow will pass the baton from Scarlett Johansson, according to the director. So Black Widow has been delayed until November, and the director, Claire Shortland, told Empire that Florence Pugh's character of Yelena Belova is a key part of the movie. So she said, we didn't know how great Florence Pugh would be. We knew she would be great, but we didn't know how great. Scarlett is so gracious, like, oh, I'm handing her the baton, so it's going to propel another female storyline. So that's cool. I like Florence Pugh a lot, especially in uh, Midsommar. What do you guys think? Yeah, let's just hope that there's no midsummer twist at the end of <laughs> at the end of Black Widow. Look at it, really awkward. <laughs> Did Shortland watch Midsummer? Because like say like the seeing this quote, it's like I knew she'd be great. I didn't know she'd be this great. It's like, did you watch Midsummer? Like she's amazing. She's she's been so great in everything good. too. She yeah. was incredible. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see Florence Pugh in this. Uh, oh, yeah. It's definitely a different role for her, and I'm excited to see them you know fighting against each other fighting together um and kind of winding down this era for scarlet yeah to me i mean it's kind of like it's news but it's kind of not news right scarlet johansson black widow's like dead in the last one right so it's like the baton's gonna be passed (laughs) sorry guys spoilers (laughs) (laughs) but but, uh you know like black widow has to pass the baton now okay like give give it up so like i mean why there's no better choice than Florence Pugh, who's who's going to be uh, introduced in this in this next uh, film that we're going to see, so I, I think it's a no brainer. It's awesome. Yeah, I'm totally down with passing of the baton for these characters: Captain America, Black Widow. Um, what do you think about Iron Man? Like, what should happen? Should they just leave Iron Man alone, or should they pass the baton? It it should not be Pepper Potts. I don't. I I'm just I'm not a rescue fan from the comics. I agree. I think it's fine to just not have an Iron. We have War Machine, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. We don't need an Iron Man character. I mean, you need a leader, but you don't need a you don't need a Tony Stark leader. Someone else could step in to that role. Yeah, for sure. Sam Wilson. Sam Wilson. Sam Wilson is the new leader of the Avengers. <laughs> Bam, done. Boom. Ryan, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think that like when Iron Iron Man was first introduced, like he wasn't like an A list uh, comic book character, right? No, not at all. <laughs> not not at all, right? No one was like, oh, Iron Man. They're going to change the world with Iron Man. But like, they, let's say let. They got a lot on their investment, right? They, yeah. they really yes. flushed out a good run for him, a story arc over 20 years. And um, okay, you guys did a great job. Let's not mess it up. I, I kind of feel like they should just uh, move on to the next. Like there's tons of characters to play with in this whole universe. So why not just, you know, I, I feel like everyone's trying to like just redo the same thing, you know, as soon as we saw success with it. And it's like, yeah, just just introduce a new one. I'm sure you guys use the same formula, like change some stuff up, make it for a new generation. And, and you'll your people will get just as attached to a character that maybe they had no clue they even like knew about or maybe it's on the periphery you know yeah well side note but it's somewhat adjacent where is adam warlock i want to see adam warlock (laughs) he's at the end of guardians of the galaxy 2 and that's it no (laughs) where is adam warlock he's in that cocoon On to the next segment you should be watching. So this week we're going to be talking about the best Netflix originals ever, so far at least. Uh, So we've got shows, we've got movies, there's been plenty and plenty of good stuff on Netflix to watch. Um, You might have seen all of these, you might not have. So let's jump in and list some of our favorites. Let's go by shows first. Uh, So Ryan, what are some of the shows you have on your list? Uh, quite a long list here, guys. But I'm, my my number one, I'm going to say, uh, favorite show Netflix original is Ozark. Wow. Um, Tell us why. Yeah, I love Bateman. Um, I love the dark, mysterious underworld of money laundering, uh, cartels. I almost equally enjoyed the first season of Mar- Narcos. I didn't k- uh, keep with Narcos, so seeing uh Bateman in a uh, dramatic role, um, Laura Linney as well, um, Julia Garner, um, all incredible cast. The writing. 
And, um, you know, all three seasons have just been incredible. I think it's just kind of, you know, maybe it's getting a little bit far-fetched and a little bit crazy of a story, but the adrenaline just keeps pumping. Um, it's one of those things where I, I literally binged watched it in like a matter of of, of days once it once it goes live so that's my number one um i've also enjoyed here's a handful of things i've enjoyed um russian doll yeah that was good fun kind of groundhog day ca- concept uh, i really enjoyed that one um master of none mm-hmm. from aziz ansari the comedy that's like my that's one of my favorite shows on netflix aziz ansari is fantastic yeah i thought it was really well done i mean they get to travel the world they're like it was beautifully shot as well mm-hmm. yeah 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 cooking and eating uh, amazing food um the thanksgiving episode of master of none stands out as one of oh, it's um, so the best good i've seen mm-hmm. yeah in a long time um i also liked sex education chastity i know you're a big fan of that one as well yeah that's on my list too uh i said narcos uh obviously stranger things i feel like that's like the 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 obvious answer here mm-hmm. i think the first season is is the best they've done and a couple these are a little cheat i'm cheating here a little bit but peaky blinders and black mirror they're both kind of co-netflix productions they count they count. they count i've thoroughly enjoyed those seasons and uh, you know i've watched everything um from from start to finish out of those shows as well so there's a handful of shows out there that netflix has just done an amazing job with and i didn't even mention tiger king which <laughs> wasted a whole bunch of my life earlier this summer yeah oh but everyone was watching it was one of those moments where yeah. everyone was watching the same thing on netflix and then talking about it because it was just so absurd. And you're like, how are these real people? Yes, exactly. But it, it was fascinating. Absolutely. Um, since we have some overlapping stuff, I want to go into some of the same shows. Um, yeah, Stranger Things, I definitely wanted to highlight mm-hmm. as one of my favorites. I feel like it's one of my top favorites. I just loved it from the get-go. I thought um, it was very immersive and fun and called back to 80s, like kid movies, adventure movies, a lot of references to the 80s. Um, and I just... It's stuff I grew up on, and they did it well, and it was a really good homage to that. Um, and they cast really well. The, the, the young cast is very good, um, and I enjoyed season three as well. I, I really thought that was super fun and a good callback to all the tropes and things that they were referencing mm-hmm. in that season. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. And sex education also on my list. Um, the cast is very good. Um, I just think it's a really good teen show and it just like makes you think of things that you had to deal with as a teenager and it feels very real in that regard. Um, it's got funny moments, of course, and yeah. really good performances. Jillian um, Anderson's great in it as well. And it's like you, she kind of annoys you, but she's also just so fantastic. <laughs> like you, like she's just so great to watch. Um, and then I also really liked Mindhunter. Um, I thought those seasons were very good. Um, the performances were pretty solid, and it just kept me very captivated. The writing is just so strong for... Um, a Netflix original especially. And then uh, Maniac, I also felt the same way about that. Um, the cast was great. Um, I think Kari Fukunaga was behind that, and I really like his work. And uh, it was just kind of like all over the place and and took me out of like this world and into something so bizarre and bonkers, and I really liked that mm-hmm. about it. And then um, Haunting of Hill House was on there for me as well. It was just one of the like best horror TV shows I've ever seen. 
uh, just flat out. And it was really good. And I think I like that it's one season is just a contained story and there's nothing more after that. I think I really enjoy that about it where I'm like, I don't have to tell someone, oh, yeah, just keep watching these multiple seasons. But it's just like one really quick bite sized thing. And I like that about video games, too, when it's like short Mm -hmm. and just really contained and I can just experience it. And that's it. And it's really good. Um, and then shout out to Daredevil, um, who had a weak season two, but I liked season one and season three a lot. Um, as far as the, the Netflix Marvel stuff goes, I think Daredevil was the best one. And I really liked, uh, especially Vincent D'Onofrio as Kingpin was was Oh, one of the best villain performances in all of MCU as of today. Um, yeah, I just really think he was one of the strongest villains for sure. All right, Matt. What's on your list? Oh, yeah. I got a list here, guys. Uh, if you like the Tiger, the Tiger Kings, um, Wild Wild Country is kind of one of my favorite yes. Netflix true crime about a cult in Oregon that takes over a town. During, and it was a real thing that happened. And it's, it's fascinating. It's just like just like. Yeah. Just like Tiger King, too. It, 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 the story keeps getting weirder and weirder and more unbelievable. But it all happened. Agreed. Um, on the lighter side, I've been into The Floor is Lava. That's a game show. Uh <laughs> Very self-descriptive. Uh, it's the floor is lava, guys. That's it. Yep. Um, yeah, it's just stupid fun, and I love stupid fun. Yeah. Uh, not stupid fun is Black Mirror. <laughs> um, <laughs> one thing I try to get on the list every year for like the the GameSpot's top ten is uh, David Chang's U- Ugly Delicious. Yes. Oh hell yes. It's really good. Ryan loves that show too. Yeah, I forgot to put this on my list. You stole it, Matt. You stole this from my list. <laughs> I did not steal it from anybody's <laughs> list. Uh, it's a it's a travel food show that dives deep into culture and why things about certain foods are certain ways. Yeah. Um, the fried chicken and pizza episodes are probably my favorite. Those are good. Yeah. Especially when David becomes a Domino's pizza delivery driver. <laughs> amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> Uh, I'm a big uh, nerd, so must Mystery Science Theater 3000. That's like my childhood. Like I remember watching that on like UPN or whatever network it was on back then. Um, Mike Rougeau would kill me if I didn't mention the OA, which is a very bizarre <laughs> sci-fi series that lasted <laughs> two seasons. Is it good? It's I really enjoy it, but it's a you need to be in a mood for it. Like you've got to be able to be led down a really really weird dark hole. For it. Mm-hmm. Um, I would also, I'm going to skip over this one, but I'm going to mention The Circle on Netflix. It's a terrible reality yes. show. It's hot garbage and I love every second of it. It's so dumb. It's the perfect reality show for Netflix. Yeah. I think that's, they've just perfected it. Like they've crafted something so ridiculous and so fun and so addicting. Um, I just love watching it. I think it was a really good show to watch in 2020 as well because like they're all in isolation kind of slowly going crazy. Yeah. And there's 40 different versions of it. There's like France, Italy, Brazil. They watch them all. They're all the same character, but just from different countries. <laughs> it's super weird. Uh, and then finally, um, Tim Robinson's I Think You Should Leave, the sketch show, which gets quoted in the Slack Entertainment channel about <laughs> four times a day right now. And it's been oh, on man. for like six months or something. It is very funny. All right, on to movies. So there are been a lot of Netflix original movies that have been good. There have been a lot that have been bad. So we've got a mixture, uh, but let's highlight the ones that we really enjoyed. Um, so I want to start with a few. So we mentioned The Irishman a little bit in the news section, but I thought it was really good. I, I enjoyed it and I just never expected a movie like this to be on Netflix, to be honest. Um, but me and Ryan saw it in the theater. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a hard thing to sit through in a theater experience because it's so long. I feel like it's 40 hours. <laughs> 40 it's still hours playing. long. <laughs> it's on season 12. It's his entire life. 
but it's but it's a movie. It's not. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest with you. I hated it. Really? I mean, I like some of the performances, but like it took three hours to tell a story that's not worth telling a story of. That's fair. That's fair. I think I just really really enjoyed the performances and yeah. how um how they made me feel. Like I think I was deeply affected by uh De Niro's performance by the end of it. Like that that just like, hit me really hard, and I I think he did a brilliant job. Um, but yeah, I think it's fair to say that about the story itself. That it's kind of at the end of it all. Like was that worth telling that that's fair i th- but honestly the performances were what made it for me yeah um, and then um another one i have on my list i know ryan you have this listed as well is roma beautiful oh my gosh what a film ryan what did you like about that movie i just thought it was um you know alfonso Cuarón's like it was such a personal um story like a love letter to his yes um the housekeeper the nana almost of the house um such a beautiful tribute to her and all the work and sacrifice that goes into that and beautifully shot. It's gorgeous. Yeah. I'm not going to, I don't want to spoil anything, but the ending, the ending, um, one of the ending scenes, it, it was so overwhelming and beautiful. I was like, it was like emotional to watch and just um, mm-hmm. how much this person meant to his family, to his immediate family and um just everything going on, uh, you know, socially and economically in Mexico City at around that time as well. I actually, when I went to Mexico City for the first time this last fall in 2019, when we could actually travel, I actually walked around. We stayed in the uh, Roma area, and I st- and I and I walked by, and I met the I met the homeowner of the house where it was oh, filmed. Wow. It was like a beautiful moment. I was taking photos in the street, and she's like, and she um she motioned over to me, and we were. And I can't really speak Spanish, but. <laughs> She basically said, this is where they filmed, and would you like a photo? And I said, oh, yes, please. So I took a photo of her oh, wow. in, in front of her house. It was like a really touching, beautiful thing. Um, yeah, so I highly recommend this movie. I mean, one of the most beautiful things that I've, I've seen in the, in the last decade, probably. Yeah, honestly, yeah, it is one of the most beautiful things you could watch on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Agreed completely. Um, and to round out my list, I've got a couple of rom-coms. Uh, to All the Boys I've Loved Before is just a really good coming-of-age rom-com. Um, and I think it's anyone of that age and anyone older would still enjoy it. And then there's Always Be My Maybe with Ali Wong and Randall Park, which was so funny and just a perfect romantic comedy. And they both wrote it together and they're both starring in it. And I really want them to make more movies. I want Netflix to give them more money to make whatever the hell they want because I loved it and I think it was one of my favorite movies of last year and one of the best romantic comedies I've ever seen. Uh, but yeah, it's great. And it's also just really good in terms of representation for uh, Asian Americans as well. So I just wanted to highlight that also. So Matt, what's on your list for movies? You know, as I look at my list now that I wrote out earlier, uh, and like you said, pick the best Netflix originals. I'm just like, nope, favorite. I, <laughs> I went favorite. Favorite's fine. Favorite's totally fine. <laughs> Our favorites are the best, Matt. Yes, I, there's such <laughs> exactly. a there's such a huge distinction between those two terms, which uh, the internet hasn't learned about yet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the first I really would say is one of the best on Netflix. That's Akja. That's from the uh, Parasite director, and it's about a, a pig, and it's horribly depressing and beautiful and lovely. And I have nothing but great things to say about that movie. I still haven't seen it. Uh, Tilda Swinton's in it too, right? Yes, Tilda Swinton's fantastic. Yeah, I still haven't seen it either. I need to, I need to watch this immediately. I mean, if you loved Parasite, you'll love this. It has it, it kind of pulls on those same emotional heartstrings that Parasite does, which oh. seems to say is weird when you say it out loud. But like I've watched Parasite enough where like it kind of hits these amazing emotional beats that Okja does as well. Mm-hmm. Is it more drama than comedy or is it like a drama with comedic tones? It's... 
What do you it's think? It's a Korean film. Uh, and mm-hmm. I, I say that in, in, in it's, it's genre mixing. They, 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 mm-hmm. there is no, to me with something like Okja and with many Korean films, um, there may be a main genre set piece, but it, it really encompasses a lot of different genres. Um, so it's, it's more of a drama, but it's also a comedy and kind of an action film at one point. Mm. Oh, wow. Uh, the second on there is Cam, which is a, I said that the most Chicago way possible. <laughs> <laughs> Second on there is Cam, and uh, <laughs> it's just—it's just I've been stuck at my house so long that the Chicago accent's slowly coming back. <laughs> uh, it's a horror film. It's about a, a Cam girl, so a sex worker on the internet who uh, realizes that she has a doppelganger. Uh, so some, she thinks someone's pretending to be her, and it's it, and how that affects her real life. So the the horrors within this supernatural entity kind of pretending to be her, but also that the supernatural entity is like screwing up her real life because of things that are happening. I saw that too. And I, I, I liked it too. I thought it was pretty fun and bizarre, Yeah, but also yeah. just, yeah, I, I'd never, I'm surprised I hadn't seen a movie based on a cam girl before. Yeah. But like having that weird supernatural twist was fun. Con- considering how much in the past decade, Uh, People don't probably talk about cams in general, but how much that has become kind of a part of Internet culture Mm -hmm. and that there hasn't been a movie really about it is kind of mind blowing to me. Yeah, agreed. The next one is The Platform is another kind of horror film. This is, I believe, Brazilian. Uh, It's about people in a vertical prison and the only thing you get to eat is the leftovers of the people before you. Is this a giant metaphor? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> it's pretty much about working class. It's exactly what you think it is, but I really enjoyed the ride that it kind of takes you on. Uh, and it's, you know, I really like seeing other countries and cultures interpretation of horror. This isn't a very, mm-hmm. this isn't horror like, you know, you're going to be jumping out of your seat every 10 minutes. But the the concept alone is horrific to me of having to eat somebody else's leftovers. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's gross. Uh, final one on here is I don't know if it's a, considered a movie. I guess maybe, but John Mulaney and the Sack bun- Sack Bunch Sack Lunch Bunch words are tough. Uh, so John Mulaney, the comedian, uh, again Chicago accent came out there. God, I gotta stop that. <laughs> John Mulaney, the Sack Bunch Lunch. It's a comedian John Mulaney, and he decided to put together a kid show, and it's not a kid show, but it kind of is a kid show. <laughs> I still haven't watched it yet, but I love John Mulaney's. I was wondering what exactly this was. He just has like, he's hanging out in like a schoolyard, a Sesame Street type schoolyard with a bunch of like kindergartners, you know, elementary school kids explaining the world about how like John Mulaney had a step grandfather for a while and he has a song about it. It's just so bizarre and weird. And if you've seen John Mulaney's previous work, whether pretty much Oh Hello on Broadway or a stand up routine, like you'll have a good idea of the tone that this is setting and it's just kind of it's weird but wonderful at the same time i definitely have to watch it i love john mulaney Uh, thanks for recommending that again watch it now i will ryan what's on your list so in addition to roma i also enjoyed marriage story um pretty affecting i'm a child of divorce um and it just kind of it it brought me back to some of those same feelings that i uh, that i um could um that i responded responded to um but uh, you know, incredible acting. Uh, the story is really well done, and I also enjoyed another film, a smaller, much smaller film than you know the Academy Award nominated Marriage Story, uh, High Flying Bird. Oh, I missed that one. Um, it's with Andre Holland. Andre Holland was in um, The Nick, and he's also in um, the first season, I believe, of Castle Rock on Hulu. Um, 
And he, uh, this is directed by Steven Soderbergh. It is entirely shot on iPhones, which is incredible. Uh, Soderbergh does, um, has done this a few times, I believe. Um, it's about a sports agent, a basketball sports agent. And um, basically, it, it feels very timely in a time like this, where he kind of wants to empower the players to start their own league. Um, it, it's it's very 2020, it feels like. Uh, incredible acting, really fun, uh, fast-moving uh, story. Um, and it's right up my alley uh, as a big basketball fan. So it was it was one of my favorites that I've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, the Irish, Irish man we already talked about. And I want to give a shout out to El Camino. Um, I don't know if it was a completely <laughs> necessary film, but I'm a huge Breaking Bad fan. Um, any, any, you know, if you can get some more, um, some Jesse in my life, I, you know, I, it was, it was fun. It was fun to me. It wasn't like mind blowing. Um, and like I said, maybe we didn't need more Breaking Bad stuff, but I, I'm, I'm one of those people that watched all of the Breaking Bad episodes. I'm watching Better Call Saul. I think it's one of the best shows on TV. So if I can get some more Pinkman and see what, uh, happened to him after all of what happened in Breaking Bad, I don't want to give that away. Actually, you know what? If you, if you haven't seen Breaking Bad yet, then that's, that's your fault. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, El Camino, I, I I give it a thumb. I give it a thumb up on my on my Netflix. Uh, you know, on, on the app, I give it a thumb up. A single thumb, not two thumbs. Well, you know, on Netflix, there's either a thumb up or a thumb down after <laughs> oh, yeah. you view something. <laughs> so it. I gave it the thumb up. Like I said, it's not like mind blowing, but yeah. At this point, I will watch almost anything that Vince Gilligan um, puts together, uh, be it mm-hmm. a, a TV show or a film. I just think that he's like a master at what he at storytelling. So um, I enjoyed it. Cool. I think with like with El Camino. The, the movie, I, I mean, like, I was kind of disappointed watching so I love Breaking Bad, but I think I wouldn't have been mad at it if it was just, like, they'd split the movie into three episodes. Yeah. For some reason, <laughs> like, because it, it was a movie, like, I just kind of felt like I'm going to get something epic. I'm like, if you just split into episodes, I wouldn't have been as upset, I guess. Yeah, that's a good point. Oh, interesting. Do you think it would have worked better as a limited series, then? Yeah, I think it would have worked. I think I would have been much more invested, too. Because when it's a movie, you expect some... You expect something huge to happen within, you know, the time constraints of film. Uh, I think we're just more forgiving in TV on TV series with something like that. Totally, I think it's a good point, and I think if it's it, it probably was unnecessary to make it into a film. It's on Netflix. Like, let it just be, uh, you know, six hours of streaming, uh, you know, broken up into a few sections. You know, mm-hmm. um, that when you put the film on, when you put film on it, there's, there's a connotation there that it's supposed to be some, you know, it's a, it's a it's a much bigger thing than it is. And yeah. I don't think it really needed all that. But like I said, Jesse Pinkman, Aaron Paul's awesome, so I I, I enjoyed it. <laughs> I mean, if you love Breaking Bad, you have to watch it. I think yes. it's like that's a rule. Totally, totally. Nice. Do you guys have any like honorable mentions or things that you you would recommend watching that people may not have had on their radar? For me personally, um, I wanted to also shout out something I mentioned last week, which was Eurovision Song Contest, the story of Fire Saga, because I'm still listening to the soundtrack. Uh, the songs are super catchy. And it's just really silly and really funny. And it's just something that... Um, totally harkens back to when I really enjoyed Will Ferrell films in like the early 2000s, like Anchorman and Blades of Glory and um, kind of reignited that again. And I love Rachel McAdams and I just love Europop. So if you haven't seen it, it's been trending on Netflix since it came out. And I think you should definitely check it out. How about you guys? Um, One that I can't say is a great movie, but I enjoyed watching it and it was just nonstop action and kind of ridiculous is Triple Fun- Frontier with Ben Affleck. and uh, Oh, I didn't even see it. Wait, is is that the one with, um? yeah, it had like multiple stars in it. 
was Oscar Isaac in it? Yeah, it had, it had Oscar Isaac. It had uh, Ben Affleck, Charlie, Charlie Hunnam, uh, Garrett Hedlund, yeah. Pedro Pascal. It had a whole bunch. They're basically this ragtag team of like um, adult, like army uh, army soldiers that are trying to like uh, hi- plan a heist to take this money from a crime lord. And it was just completely ridiculous. But it was just like fun <laughs> to see all these stars together and uh, just the the absurdity uh the action was cool and it just at a certain point in the film you're like oh okay it's one of these type of films and you're just like okay i'll i'll, <laughs> I'll check it out but it wasn't anything it, it wasn't didn't change my life at all that's like big expendables energy yeah just like you just want to see this collection of actors together and they're not doing anything relevant and the story is not good exactly but- it's fun to watch them. Yep. I'm trying to think, and everything I'm thinking of is on a different streaming service, so I technically have nothing. <laughs> Sorry, I, my my no recommendations worries. were in there. What about Six Underground, Matt? You're not a, you're not a big fan of Six Underground, Matt? I couldn't get through it. I mean, I gave them my the two minute watch. <laughs> Netflix is. Did anyone see that? Uh, that Hemsworth movie? I didn't even watch Extraction? it. Extraction. I've not watched that yet. No. Yeah. No. No. I, no. Haven't watched it. I hear that it has some of the best action. Uh, in a movie really? this year that like portions of it are incredible, like jaw dropping action. But I haven't sat through it because I, I did I did what you did, Matt, as well. And I, I tried to watch. I turned on Six Underground a few a while back. Yeah. And it was I, I was getting like motion sickness. It was I, yeah. I, I couldn't even Ooh. I couldn't even stick with it over over eight minutes. It was like so much. The editing was so fast paced, so much cuts. So much ridiculous stunts and, and that was the Michael Bay one, wasn't it? Yeah, of course, of course, he had trouble following it. <laughs> it was like Michael Bay times a thousand. It was ridiculous. <laughs> I've never. It was Bayception. Yeah. <laughs> All right, good to know. All right, let's close this thing up. So, Matt, what have you been working on recently that people should check out? Hey, sorry, that was weird. I don't care. Keep it. Uh, <laughs> I host a show with Chris Hayner um, on GameSpot called Russell Buddies. It is a podcast in audio format. Uh, it is made for people that like wrestling, hate wrestling, have never heard of wrestling, or watch it every week. We just talk about the things we love in wrestling. Um, I don't remember what we talked about this week, but last week we talked about uh, the time the big show drove a monster truck and was part of a haunted cave full of other supervillains, which is a very real thing. Uh, wow. So it's just a weird, weird nostalgic show where it's us goofing around. Um, we do dramatic reenactments of various promos and segments uh will potter and kelly plaguey were on last week to do a dramatic reenactment of a haunted cave with hulk hogan nice and i, th- <laughs> I love it yeah the goal is just uh, we haven't asked you guys yet but we're just gonna get everybody on the show just to do silly things because uh we're just trying to have silly fun and talk about wrestling which is in itself is a silly fun thing count me in that sounds great you're on speaking of wrestling matt yeah you want to wrestle me <laughs> you, you you're aware of the hulk hogan biopic that's coming out you're aware of this right yeah i'm aware of it yeah and then Chris Helmsworth is playing Hulk Hogan. What do you What do you think? Wait, what? Seriously? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what are your feelings? Wow, I'm perfectly fine. Chris Helmsworth. By the way, speaking of Hulk Hogan, this week's episode we drop on Thursdays. We are talking about Hulk Hogan's restaurant Postmania. So, <laughs> wait, where is this? That's the idea of what this show is about. <laughs> is this like an Olive Garden on steroids, or what? What is it? Get this. I'm not going to give you all the deets because you got to listen to the episode. But Hulk Hogan during the '80s opened up a fast food pasta restaurant in the Mall of America. Amazing. There's nothing more American. Chef's kiss of bad ideas. Amazing. Okay, I will be checking out that episode then. All right, and speaking of 
new episodes next week uh this very show you should be watching episode 20 will be our season one finale so just keep that in mind and thank you to everyone who's been listening all season long if you have any comments or questions for us for this episode you can email us at ysbw at gamespot.com that's ysbw at gamespot.com or you can follow us on twitter i'm at chastity underscore v ryan i'm at ryan eric p and matt i'm at i'm matt elfring i am m-a-t-e-l-f-r-i-n-g sweet all right thank you guys for being on the show this week and thank you all for listening take care see you next time later guys